Hi, welcome to Talk About the Passion, episode 11. Not bad, right? How are you doing? It's the middle of December. Your stress level's probably through the fucking roof at this point. The weather's got you down. It's all fucking dirty. Snow everywhere, at least here in New England. Gets dark at like noon. You know the drill. Well, I'm here to tell you everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. No, I'm kidding. It's not. Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, when I initially started this podcast, uh, my idea was to always have you know a few ready to go, so I'd always have something to post each week. A daunting task, uh, for sure, but that was my idea. And for a guy who rarely goes out anymore and lives sort of out of the way, at least for people I'm friends with, this this would also maybe help me get out of that shell and be more social and active. For the most part, it's done that. Uh, I have to admit, though, uh, contacting people I don't know is always a challenge for me. Uh, as you know, you can't really read tone and text messages or emails. and uh, So I always assume I'm bugging someone uh, during some of these exchanges. This is, you know, 99% of the time never the case. It's But, you know, that's my thing to deal with. And uh, as I go along, I learn the best way to kind of go about putting all these episodes together. Uh, as it is uh, right now, though, I, I only have two episodes done, uh, the one you're listening to now, and then uh, another one with my friend uh, Kevin Cafferty, which will be the first one I post in uh, January of 2018. I have a couple of uh, tentative ones set up, uh, but nothing scheduled in stone yet. So, uh, you know, and again, if you'd like to be on here or know someone who should get in touch with me i'm on uh, facebook.com t-a-t-p podcast uh i'm on the uh, podbean at uh talk about the passion dot podbean.com i'm on itunes uh google play all that stuff and uh i just set up a twitter account but i haven't really done anything with that yet so um I was going to do an Instagram account, but that doesn't really seem to make much sense since this is pretty much an audio-centric medium. Uh, does it make sense? I don't I don't think it does. Uh, you know, maybe I'd post pictures of me and my guests or something. Uh, maybe at some point. Uh, the idea now, though, is to just get a bunch of interviews set up and go into the new year locked and loaded. And yeah, I, did I really just say that? Locked and loaded. Uh, so so anyway, my guest today is a, a friend of mine I've known since the early 90s, uh, Bro Silcio. We played in a band together with Gretchen Shea, who I uh, talked to in uh, Red, the episode Red Shoes, uh, episode 7. Uh, we were in a band with her called Black Barbie for a brief period. Uh, well, I was in that band for a brief period. Uh, and then we, him and I played in a band called Presley uh, for almost, for probably about a decade and uh, that's that's actually the music you hear on this podcast the the intro music that fades in and out and then the outro music is uh is presley um and you can find our stuff on uh bandcamp i think it's literally just presley.bandcamp.com and uh if you look for the song vodka and orange juice that's the uh intro music uh but but enough about my bullshit uh the one rule i had for myself on these podcasts uh is to try not to inject myself too much into them. You know, I'm tempting to curate a, a list of cool people who I think are, you know, interesting with good stories and, you know, documenting how they got to where they are now creatively or just, you know, their life in general. Uh, but with the interviews um, with people who I would, 
you know, at least one time in my life, consider like a really close friend, you know, like Peter Bibergall, Gretchen, and then bro here. Um, it's hard not to inject myself since a lot of uh, what we talk about involves uh, situations that, that I was involved in. And, um, and that's not to say the other guests aren't uh, good friends of mine now, but uh, th- those th- these three particular people I've known for much longer. Um, yeah. Uh, so this episode is a little bit about my old band, Presley, uh, which we talk about sort of near the end. But most of the episodes, uh, bro story growing up in Louisiana, uh, moving to Massachusetts, and eventually you know finding his way through a lot of cool stops musically. Uh, he's an interesting cat. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to start saying that word, cat, call guys cat. I think I'm at that point now. I do a lot of, uh, things like old guys like me do. So yeah, I'm going to start saying that, I think, uh, you know, and bro's pretty smart, uh, and, uh, dude, and he has a, I mean, cat and, uh, has an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, a lot of stuff in music as well as, uh, Outside of music, like religion and history and, and stuff like that, but we're not going to get into any of that stuff. Uh, but I'll tell you what we're, we do get into on this uh, episode. Uh, plenty of Rush, plenty of Sabbath, a uh, little Kiss, and then, you know, a good amount of 90s death metal. And uh, yeah, uh, this, this one's another really long one, so I'm going to cut this short. Uh, thanks again for listening to my podcast. I've been flattered at some of the comments and messages I've been getting. So, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, I hope to bring some great stuff in the new year. And also, if uh, someone can get me Paul Stanley's contact info, I slid into his uh, Instagram DMs the other night. He hasn't really replied. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks. Here's uh, Bro Silcio and I uh, in Rentham, Mass. here uh, shooting the shit. Thanks. All right, I'm here with my friend, uh, Bro Silcio, who I met in 1994, maybe, at uh, Salem State College. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's 94, early 94. Yeah. Wait, did I know you before I joined Black Barbie? I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So that would have yeah. been... Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would have been early 94. Yeah. Because yeah. I started Salem in the fall of 93. And I didn't get involved in a radio station until, yeah, like my second semester. So, okay. it right. would have been, yeah, it yeah. would have been, uh, yeah, early '94. Yeah, all right. We'll get to the '90s. But so, but you, so you were born in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, I uh, was born in a little, like a city. I guess mm-hmm. I don't city. A couple cities outside of the of New Orleans called Chalmette, okay. Louisiana, which. You know, a lot of those, actually, surprisingly, a lot of those, um, a couple of those I Hate God dudes are Mm -hmm. from that that area. Yeah, the St. Bernard, the parish, they call it. Yeah. You know, if you're from the parish. Like when I met met Joey Lacaze years ago and Brian from, um, Brian Patton from I Hate God. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm friends with my friend Al Hodge, and they yeah. all know Al. Right. And they're like, oh, I'm from Chalmette. And right. they're like, oh, you're from the parish. Like, oh, that, okay. that's where they, you know, so, yeah. And they all cut their teeth playing local shows in, in Araby, which is like 
goes Chalmette, Araby, and okay. then New Orleans. Oh, all right. So. Okay. And did you have, I know I, I've met your uncle Leon, who we went and saw Rush with, but did you have uh, like family members or friends that kind of steered you into certain types of music or anything yeah, like I'm that? I'm an only child, and yeah. um, I was, my uncle Leon, his influence would come later. Yeah. I think early on, it would have been my dad. Yeah. My mom did. I don't think my mom ever listened to like a record. Yeah. Yeah. Or a tape or right. what. I don't think so. Right. I no recollection of my mom um, listening to music. Um, my dad, on the other hand, was like a hippie. Yeah. Drove an El Camino. Oh, yeah, had yeah. long hair. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, went to trade school and, right. you know, and he loved Black Sabbath. So, yeah. like, and Kiss and whatever, like, heavy classic rock was going on in the 70s. He, yeah. He's also a huge country guy and he yeah. loves Southern rock. But my earliest memories, probably around like six. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad were already divorced by that time. So yeah. going to my dad's every other weekend, my dad had one of those, my dad had one of those, um, those classic kind of seventies, eighties stereos oh, had, had the, the glass yep. door, had the turntable on top, two yeah, yeah. cassette decks, yeah, yeah. the receiver and a big ass speakers. Yeah. And then the bottom was like a vinyl yeah, yeah. rack. All the records, yeah. yeah. So he would have in the, and I specifically he'd have, he had like, Mark Don and Mel, the best of Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, yeah. He had Kiss Destroyer, which was like one of more than my earliest memories is yeah, yeah. is and not even really hearing Kiss, but right. looking at that cover. And yeah, that cover yeah. was like the scariest yeah, yeah, right. cover for six yeah, years yeah. old. They're like trudging up the mountain with yeah, the yeah. fires, cities right. burning in the back. And um and my dad, and then my dad had a bunch of eight tracks, and on one of the eight tracks was this like was paranoid. Yeah. And th- another cover that scared the shit out of me yeah, when I was a kid. It's like out. a samurai guy, but it's like all. Yeah, like, he's tripping on tripping out and tripping balls. And my <laughs> yeah, and my dad would play Iron Man. Yeah. Even though my dad's favorite song of all time is Fairies Wear Boots. Yeah. Um, which is a creepy song. That's a good song, one to but, have as a favorite song. Yeah, and um. But Iron Man. So, the the beginning of Iron Man would scare the shit. Oh out yeah, me too. And yeah. probably still does. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, they so scared me as a kid. Like I, I remember my brother had that the, the we sold our soul album. Yeah. And the picture in the middle is like a woman in a coffin. And oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the room. Yeah, they were scary band. Like, and and for some reason, like my dad had a Black Oak Arkansas record. Yeah. And that main dude who played like the washboard, he he um and then. My dad also had like Bark at the Moon on tape or something. And, yeah. Um, it <laughs> it was um, and those those pictures, even at a young age, they didn't scare me. They they were they looked more goofy to me. Right. Right. But for but for some reason, like the Sabbath records, especially Paranoid, which is the one my dad had, and then seeing like maybe the first, but like. There was always a seriousness about Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that was more scary to me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they weren't. It didn't look goofy at all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, Kiss. You know, when you grow up, you realize they're 
goofy as shit. Right. But at that time, especially the Destroyer album cover is it's it's a it's a scary album cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't look comical. Right, right. Even though they have the makeup, that yeah. that painting is yeah, yeah, it's scary. It's scary. The the lines they look serious. Gene yeah. looks evil. Yeah. You know? Um They just so, destroyed that city. Yeah, they like yeah, the that's what I would so I would like look at this cover. You know, I was a young kid sitting on the floor in front of my dad's stereo while he's maybe there's like Leonard Skinner's right. playing or something, but I'd be like, or he had like a Jefferson Airplane record too, yeah. which Jefferson Airplane, another band that yeah. at that age, for some weird reason, the name and yeah. the serialistic pillow, like it scared me. Yeah. Huh. Jefferson Airplane. Like yeah, yeah. I didn't know any of their songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have like, I know some people are like, oh, well, I loved this music. I loved this band right. when I was eight years old. Right. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love yeah, a I band. Yeah, I just liked music. I, I liked what records. was on MTV. Yeah, yeah. I liked what was on, um, you know, what my dad would play me. So right. I grew up listening to Harry Chapin and, right, I, right. And, and Hank Williams and Hendrix and yeah, yeah. Springsteen and, you yeah. know, that stuff. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, early on, my dad was like a huge he was the one my dad my dad plays harmonica like john popper yeah, like he's yeah. sits in with bands he yeah, rips I, I bought him a set of a whole set of harmonicas one yeah. year for his birthday right. he only plays the c he yeah. just took the c out right you know but um so yeah he was he was the one that had records yeah yeah music was always on in the car yeah um he would play along the songs on his harmonica i had a crappy acoustic guitar um when i was like nine or ten yeah and he could play by ear he would be like oh just you know yeah yeah he couldn't read or anything right right but he could figure it out he he had an ear for notes yeah and melodies so that was that was probably like where i got music from if yeah. i if i never had that my, i don't know i probably would never yeah you know my mom i don't think i ever heard her listen to music yeah and then, uh, so when did you move up to Massachusetts? All right, so I moved here in like eighty eighty eight. Yeah, like yeah, eighty eight. That August of I just turned right before I turned thirteen. Okay, so even up to that point, like I. I I didn't have, I, I'm I'm kind of a I guess I don't know maybe not but I'm kind of a late bloomer yeah in terms of like music I I liked music yeah I always liked music I didn't I didn't play drums yeah at that time yeah I had took guitar lessons for three years and hated every minute of it yeah um I always knew I wanted to maybe be in a band because I saw the Van Halen video like yeah, not yeah. for Jump when I was like nine right and I was like holy shit. Shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is ep but I, there was nothing going on in my life that would right. have even alluded to me even doing that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, like, possible. I, yeah, like, how am I going to play in a band? I don't play anything. Right. I know three chords on the guitar that I hate. Right. And I got to, I'm going to start playing the clarinet in like <laughs> three weeks because right. I got to take a music class. Right, right. In, in eighth grade. Right. Um, so yeah, I move up here, 
13 yeah. and I moved to Danvers. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know anyone. It's, you know, I start school and, and a typical, I have the typical, like typical transplant yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah. Like I start school and people start giving you shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm short. So right. first off in, I'm not short now, but right. in eighth grade, I was 4'11". Right. Which is very small. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have the thickest <laughs> New Orleans accent. So yeah, not yeah. even like Southern, because yeah. I, I don't, I didn't yeah, sound like different. a hick. It's different. It's yeah, like yeah. a different, mm-hmm. different drawl. Yeah. You know, and I was like a skateboarder, so yeah. I looked, and that's no one skated up here. At yeah, least when yeah. I moved up here, right. No, skateboarding yeah. was at least. I didn't see any yeah, yeah. skateboarding going on mm-hmm. in Danvers right. in, in 1988. Right. Um, so I I had like a couple of friends that I had made, but yeah. really I just went to school every day and got my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was my life for, well... Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, and then what I and then so what happened too is, we we didn't have our own place. Yeah. For like, the first semester of my eighth grade year, we lived with my aunt. Okay. Who now lives in in the south again? She yeah. moved back years and years ago. So I didn't have that many friends. I, couple people in the neighborhood I would talk to, but no yeah. one I was hanging out with. Right. And then it got cold, and I, the winter came. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like. What do you? What do you do? Yeah, I don't know about skiing. Right. I don't know about ice skating. I don't know what yeah. hockey is. I don't know what snowboarding is. If even snowboarding was a thing in yeah, '88. Yeah, point. Yeah, I don't even. Um. So I'm sitting in the finished basement where we were living. Yeah. On the couch watching TV, and I think this may have been like the first time, like. Anything kind of musical clicked with me. Yeah. I look over on the floor and I see the clarinet. Yeah. That I was playing, quote unquote, playing in yeah. the in the eighth grade band. Right. Literally, which meant I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So I took it out. Yeah. Put it together, set up there's like a fingering chart yeah. and a piece of music that we were supposed to learn. Yeah. And I literally like it. I don't, maybe I'm the only one who it, I don't, I don't think everybody's like this, but I'm like, you gotta be, I was like really disciplined. I was yeah. like, I need, I need to learn. And I literally would, I, okay. The only thing guitar ever taught me was how to read music. Yeah. I could read. Okay. So what I did is I would write, would write the note above, write the letter of the note above the note yeah. on the music. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like A, B, C, right. D, E, F, A, B, C, D, E, F. Then I would go, okay, first note, A. Look at the fingering chart. Right. A. Doop. Next note, E. Right. Look at the fingering chart, E. <laughs> Doot. Literally. Yeah. Just do that over and over. Over a whole song. Yeah. And then go back. Now, do like imagine doing that like every day like day after <laughs> yeah, day yeah. after day um i did it yeah and i actually started learning yeah. like how to play the clarinet 
Yeah. Um, and I actually loved it. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I could do it by myself. It didn't require, right. you know, anybody else. And I didn't have any friends and right. I didn't, my mom worked and everybody right. worked and yeah, I was yeah. the only child. There was my Lanny, my aunt hadn't had kids yet. Right. You know, or Jory, Jory would come like, I think Jory would come like a year, like not even a year. She would come very soon after, but at yeah. that time I had like, right, right. No, nobody, you know? And, um, then we moved, then we moved yeah. to got our own place. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when like, and then I met my friend, I met my friend Pete Lockhart. Yeah. Who I'm still friends with today. Yeah. And he, he played me uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah. From Metallica. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. So that's like, um, it may have been that, I think it could have been like his older brother had CDs. Right. So I think it was like Master of Puppets, right? It was definitely... The f- I think Injustice was even out too. So yeah. it would have been though the first four and then the Rust in Peace was in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, it w- or it, it was right around that time. Yeah. And that was like, that was the moment. Yeah, yeah. Played me like Master of Puppets or, and boom. Yeah. So I, I it took me meeting a friend who had an older brother. Right, right. Even yeah, though yeah. he was only a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. He had older sisters. Yeah, yeah. So there was like three right. older sisters. Right. You know, so that's kind of where it starts. So about 13 and a half is okay. like where I find my muse, so right, to speak. Right. Yeah. You know, I still don't, mind you, I still don't play drums at this point. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, that's drums, even though Leon didn't, that Leon would be the catalyst for that. Yeah. And it would really be him introducing me to Rush, which, yeah. you know, is the kind of the Metallica, I would say like the mo- two most important bands in my musical development is Metallica. Yeah. And then Rush. Yeah. And everything else is like, yeah. just stems from that. Did Metallica <clears throat> put you into like with all the death metal and stuff that you eventually, oh, that was more of the 90s, but. Death metal would come about, death metal would come about the same period I would get into Rush. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, a little bit, yeah, around the same. I would be like late, maybe a little bit beforehand, because from about like what thirteen and a half to about fourteen and a half, yeah. So about a year, yeah. It would be just metal, yeah, yeah. Slayer and the big, the big yeah, metal the big bands. Ones, I didn't yeah. have the means, right? I didn't know. I didn't know how to get into Boston. I didn't go to show. I didn't go to show. Shows are like, I didn't go to shows until I was like a senior in high yeah, school. Like, right. when did I, that uh, sound waves show up? And uh, oh, that's like was, the mid nineties. Yeah. That's like ninety six. So yeah, I was already like a music guy. By then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was already nerding out. Yeah. By then. Yeah. Um. I didn't know 
about zines. Yeah. I didn't listen to punk rock. I right. had no friends that listened to punk rock. Right. I did, hardcore didn't, the, the term didn't even exist in my lexicon. Right. Unless it was pornography. Like, right. didn't ex- hardcore didn't right, exist right. in my lexicon. I yeah. <laughs> uh, no idea who Minor Threat were. I had right. no idea who, Yeah. you know, no. I didn't know anything about Bad Brains. My Bad Brains for me wouldn't even, it would take a Nirvana video. Right. For Smells Like Teen Spirit for me to even know who the name Bad Brains yeah, yeah. were. Mm-hmm. I didn't even... Yeah, I loved the Beastie Boys in, early on. You know, yeah. I saw the Beastie Boys in 86 on Licensed yeah. Ill Tour, and I, but I wouldn't... I, I had no way of knowing yeah, yeah. that those guys were influenced right. by... Right. You know, they, 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 I didn't have... It was no scene. I was not yeah. part of a scene. I had five friends who loved the Metallica. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd sit around and, like... I didn't even smoke weed at that time. Yeah, like, yeah. I was just like nerdy southern kid who right. loved skateboarding right. and but even though I didn't know any skater punk bands. Right. Yeah, yeah. I read Thrasher, I didn't yeah. had no right idea. You know, I loved Slayer, Megadeth, <laughs> Metallica, yeah, and Anthrax. Yeah. Like yeah. that. So then probably about I don't know. Maybe like a year later, yeah, I would become friends with this kid on my bus yeah. named Pat Doherty. Okay, now Pat was on some next level shit. Yeah, he was tape trading with people from Europe yeah. and California. Yeah, very early on. Yeah, so we're like in like 1990. Yeah, now. Yeah, I was on the bus, headphones on, cassette walkman, listening to. Probably Injustice for All, right. you know, coming out of my he- he- headphones. He's like, right. what are you listening to? He, like, leans over. He's like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, Metallica. He's like, listen to this. Hands me Carcass, Symphonies of Sickness on cassette. <laughs> Fuck if my, wor- like, yeah. I was like, Metallica who? Right. Like, <laughs> I was like, I need more of that. The next day, he brought me Harmony Corruption from Napalm Death, Blessed Are the Sick by Morbid Angel, um, Deicide's first album, um, and maybe another, like, maybe like a Pestilence record or Creator Extreme Aggression, I know, was like a huge one for me. Coroner, like Punishment for Decadence. Oh, yeah. yeah. um, And I was like, wait a minute. Death, uh, maybe death, like spiritual healing. Yeah, yeah. something. I think he may have also played me like Beneath the Remains by right. Sepultura. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? There's other heavy <laughs> bands that aren't Metallica right, that right, aren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. And so that that was like that was like mind blowing. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um. And then I was like, wow, okay. And I and I think that's like. I don't know. For me, I think that set the stage for my entire life of always, and it's not always about son, son, it's not always sonically, but it set the stage for me trying to always. I want extreme, extreme themes in music. Like, right, right. Someone can always be doing something extreme, whether it's it doesn't even have to be metal. Like, right, right. I love Godflesh. I right. love, you know, Naked City. I heard pretty early on because I had like the Grind Crusher compilation right, right. which had a Naked City so yeah, yeah. it's not about metal it's right. about I wanted people mining extremities within right. music you know yeah, yeah. I loved 
later on I'd get into low and codeine and right. like the stripping all of the heavy sonic heaviness but retaining that yeah, yeah. you know that oppressive mm-hmm. you know I love it in my reggae I love it in yeah. my rap I love right. dub music it's like yeah. mining that extreme yeah, yeah so yeah that so that's kind of like gets me to like the summer before I turn 15 yeah which is when it all yeah it all changes yeah and um so still up to this point I don't play drums I don't yeah. I play clarinet in the high school band. I'm not very good. I'm taking yeah. lessons. I'm doing my thing. You know, I don't. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't. Yeah. But I love metal. Yeah. You know, and uh, then I go and li- I go and stay with my uncle for like two months. Yeah. In the summer before I turn 15 years yeah. old. And um, he he picks me up from the airport. We're driving. He's like, "So, what do you, uh, what do you been listening? What do you listen to?" Yeah, typical. You know, he's my uncle's. What I'm forty two. I think my uncle's like fifty five. Yeah. Like he's not that much older than me. Right, like right. he's like maybe, maybe just fifty five. I think he's like 10, 12 yeah. years older than me. He's not that old. Yeah. Um. He's like, "What are you listening to? Yeah. What kind of music do you like?" And I go, "I like." Metallica, I like yeah. Megadeth, I like Slayer, I like this. He goes, he goes, that shit's garbage. <laughs> he goes, I'm gonna play you the heaviest record you ever heard in your life. Yeah. And I'm like, what record's that? He's like, Rush, twenty one twelve. Yeah. So we were sitting at a restaurant and that's when Blockbuster used to sell music. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? My uncle had a CD player very early on. He paid yeah, like seven hundred dollars for it yeah, in like yeah. nineteen eighty four. Like right, he right. had, you know, he went and bought it. And this is when CDs were cost like twenty bucks yeah, or whatever, yeah. which was like a lot of money then. Yeah. And he, we went to Blockbuster. He bought twenty one twelve on CD for seventeen ninety nine, probably or whatever. Yeah, and drove. We went back to the house. Yeah, he finds his his cassette 2112 yeah. and gives it to me. Yeah. I don't think I listened to another record for like 4 months. Yeah, yeah. But I I knew every nook and cranny yeah, yeah. of that album. Yeah. And that after that summer I was like I I want to play drums. Yeah. That was like yeah, the one that that was it. I think I wanted to play drums before that. Yeah. I don't think I ever wanted to be a guitar player. I enjoy playing guitar more now than I ever did right. then. But I, I never. I don't. I think I may have one. Oh, I like the drums. I like yeah, the drums. Yeah. Um, but I never took any steps. I don't. My mom. My and my mom was not supportive. No. 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 Because she had to deal. She. She was had post traumatic stress disorder from the guitar thing. Right. She bought the guitar, spent yeah, all yeah. this money right. for three years taking lessons. I never Yeah, and then you just stuck with it. Right. Never. So she I'm like, Mom, I want to play I literally I come back from New Orleans or Baton Rouge. My uncle lived in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um I come back and I'm like, Mom, I want to play drums. Nope. <laughs> that No. Yeah. And then uh 
So I'd, I'd drop it. Yeah. And a couple weeks later. Yeah. Mom, I, I want to play, you know, I want to play drums. Nope. <laughs> and then, you know, typical of like a, a single mom, only child. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> Teenage, you know, my right, mom's right. like, my, my mom's like 35 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my, you know, my mom's only yeah, 60. Young. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When I was like 35 years old, she has a 14, a f- almost, 50, you know, she's like maybe like, no, she's probably like 38 now, but like right. whatever. She's yeah, got yeah. like a 15-year-old. Yeah. You know? And she don't know what the fuck to do. So she has a, f- a friend who has kids who yeah. play drums. Yeah. She talks to the friend. Yeah friends like oh you know what you do get him a pair of sticks yeah get him a practice pad yeah and have him take lessons right so my mom said this is what i'll do the guy tony junta tony junta or i think that's his name whatever guy gave lessons he 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 helped with the high school band drum section okay older guy gave lessons at the school yeah She's like, oh, get you a pair of drumsticks, get you a practice pad, and we'll get you lessons. If you stick with it for six months, if you, we'll get you a drum set. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yep. I started taking lessons, and for the first six months, I literally would get home, come home from school, do my homework, sit on my bed with the practice pad, <coughs> have a music stand with my... Stuff from lessons, whether it be like a rudiment book, right. learning rudiments. Yeah. I didn't have a drum set, so I only played only played kit when I'd give lessons, but I would actually sit with like tapping on my knees and like stomping on the floor, mimicking like the beat bass, patterns yeah. that were written out for me. Huh. And I would practice like all my stuff, yeah. you know, and every day, like clockwork, every day yeah. I'd go home. Got to practice. Oh, no, I, I, I'll come over after dinner. I I got to go home. I got to practice. Yeah, I had practice, and uh, yeah, that's uh, what happened. And then six months later, I got my first drum set. Yeah, and then like six months after that, I started my first band. Yeah, so I was gonna ask you. So yeah, your first band was that? Uh, that wasn't one last one. No. Oh no, no, um, no. One less would come much later. Um, my first band. My first band was. It was, uh, I don't, we went through a bunch of names. Yeah. But it was like a thrash band. Yeah. And it featured, I was on drums. Yeah. And, okay, so there was like, I had some friends. Pat Doherty played bass. Yeah. Neil played guitar, sang, I played drums. We would all. Sh- Congregate in my basement because right. you hang out of the drummer's house. Yeah, yeah. Congregate in my basement and literally just try to learn whatever we could. Like yeah, yeah. Learning covers. Yeah. I was learning like we learned Metallica songs, and you got to remember like we're trying to our heroes could play. It's not like we were trying to learn ACDC songs. Right, right, yeah. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn Rush songs. Right. I'm trying to learn Metallica songs. Yeah. I'm trying to learn Iron Maiden became a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I started getting into like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son and Peace yeah. of Mind. Like Nico McBrain's work on those albums are like. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And 
those were my heroes. I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to play like Phil Rudd from right. ACDC or, you know, I'm listening to maybe at this point, I think I'm getting a little bit into Queensryche and, yeah. you know, Scott Rockenfield. Like he did some, like these guys could play. Yeah. And I like, then I got into Yes would come along. Like these were my heroes. Like, you know, trying to figure out like Heart of the Sunrise right, by right. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. and I don't even know shit but i'm trying to like in my own very primitive way right. comprehend what bill bruford's doing on heart of the sunrise yeah, yeah. i still can't right. do what yeah, he's yeah. doing on that right you know what i mean yeah. but you got to understand where my mindset is like that's yeah. where like my mindset is i don't yeah. know if it's i don't know if it's like i mean i guess it would be the same for guitar people if they're trying to like they love satriani they're yeah, like yeah. trying to muddle through right like imagine like sitting there and i'm like Trying to muddle through La Vila Strangiato. Right, like, right. you, there's no way to just sit down and play that song. Right. Yeah, you right. got to muddle through yeah, yeah. every kind of part. So yeah. I would just sit there and, like, you know, like, and you're just trying to, like, yeah. you know, figure it out. So that was me and my friends. Yeah. And it's funny, all of those people now, they all, for the most part, they Still all, play, they're yeah. all fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Pat, yeah. One in particular, so we, I don't know how this, Neil, Neil goes, oh, I, I met a kid. He's a little younger than us by like a couple of years. Met a kid, lives in Danvers. Kid smokes on guitar, smokes yeah. on guitar. He wants to jam. Yeah. He wants to jam. He wants to. You know, couple. So we're talking like maybe a year of a year, year and a half of floundering around. Right. Um, two years maybe, like two years of floundering around, just trying to learn, trying yeah. to like get to a place where I can actually play something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, learn. And I'm still taking lessons. I'm still practicing every day. I'm practicing what I'm learning in lessons, and I'm also trying to teach myself. Yeah. Shit that I'm listening to. Right. You know, I I'd managed to get like a double bass. Yeah. Not pedal. Right. Actual Some kid bass. I knew had an extra bass drum. <laughs> hey, can I have that? Yeah. And got a shitty, a shitty pedal. Yeah, yeah. And just literally just trying to like, you know, one, you know, learning how to do it at the end of that song. And, you know, it's just painstaking. I feel so bad for my mom. Like, God, just like every. The plus side of this, though, is like years later in Presley, if. You know, me or Arnie started playing a riff. Bro would know how to play the song immediately from years of probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah. I mean, that's like I, you know, you sacrifice shit, I guess. Like, you know, I know Arnie got into kind of playing bass later in life. Yeah. You've always kind of played around. But you, I mean, you were serious in Lugnut. Yeah, yeah. And you were definitely serious in Presley. Yeah. But I was, I was like, actually, I was really serious in like high school yeah yeah so i missed like a lot of years yeah yeah yeah. you know while a lot of my friends were out doing shit Mm -hmm. when i emerged from the basement yeah yeah i could actually like play Play, and um so neil goes i met a kid a couple years younger than us he's he rips he's he rips he wants to jam that person is ken susie oh yeah 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 so ken susie from unearth yeah 
my first real band was with Ken Susie from on Earth. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. And we had another kid, Anthony Zimmerman, who would go in on to be in another big metal band yeah. called Hell Within. They oh, never yeah. got as big as on Earth. Yeah, yeah. But they were like right there, yeah, yeah. kind of like in that scene. On Earth okay. would go right. on to be huge, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know Buzz. I was none of us knew Buzz at that time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't meet Buzz until the point of four to Black Barbie. Yeah, yeah. You know, years. Mm -hmm. So through you and meeting yeah. Sean Ross and yeah. Tony Capuccio. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so going back, like that was my first band and we were straight up thrash metal. We were yeah. straight up Slayer worship. Right, right. You know, but Ken was... Next like, level. Like, oh. Yeah. He's also his brother though. Yeah. He had an older brother. His yeah. brother was a year, two years older than me. Yeah. Who was like schooled in um, like shredder, shredder metal, yeah. like Satriani and... Um, Malmsteen. Or, or what, more, more metal like Paul that. Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, shredder music. Yeah, yeah. You know, instrumental, like Racer X. Like Racer it's like X, yeah. no the, the rhythm section is you don't no one gives a shit about the rhythm right. It's all about what And it's something you yeah, like at least me, I, I can't listen to that stuff. No. It's technically like now anyway. I mean no, I don't have any as a interest. kid though, I remember like you would be like, Wow. Well that's all it was the, for me. It was just yeah. like flex music. Like yeah, yeah. like, oh, listen to this. It's right, like right. running arpeggios, <laughs> right. like up and down yeah. the neck at like lightning speed, yeah. like Ingve Malmsteen, right. and you're just like, and then a young, you're just like, holy shit, that's like, how does he fucking do yeah. that? And yeah. then now that I'm older and I have friends that can do that, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're like, yeah. you know what they do? You just sit in a room for and just do that, fifteen and, hours a day, <laughs> just and, do that, yeah, and not learn how to write a fucking good song. Just right. learn how to I always at least, which is why I gravitated towards. Although I love, really, I love progressive music. Yeah. It's why I never loved Dream Theater. Yeah. Because I just don't think they can write a freaking song. Yeah, yeah. At least my prog heroes, Genesis, King Crimson, Yes, yeah, they, and Rush, and then Camel yeah. later. But those four, especially Yes and Rush. Yeah. Those guys could write a fucking song. Yeah, yeah. Those guys had... I mean, Rush is like the third most selling albums of all time. Like yeah, you don't, I know you don't sell records without writing songs that people want to listen to. Yeah. And it's know? funny because they like when you like when I listen to Rush still, and I can still they're one of the few bands where I can still listen to their like Tom Sawyer. I can still listen to that. I song. love I that album. I may have rebelled yeah. against that song yeah. at some point. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I probably did too. But when you listen to those songs now, you're like. This is such a catchy, like perfect song, and then like the guys in the musicianship. When Tom Sawyer is probably it. one of the most recognizable songs in the history of of, yeah, yeah. of recorded music, yeah. or at least recorded like rock music. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that opening alone, a like yeah. you know, you hear that like it's played fifty-seven times a day. Yeah. Across the rock. world on classic rock radio station, like yeah. it's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, you know, Rush was you know Rush is like one of the first concerts I ever went to yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. roll oh, the yeah, bone, the, roll yeah, the we, bones tour. Yeah, usually most of these uh, podcasts I've been asking. What, so what? What was your? Was that your first show? No, or? well, I mean, I my mom took me to see the Beastie Boys and Run DMC in '86. Yeah. Um. I loved because they used to play. Walk this way on MTV, yeah, and you know, course, I had yeah, like yeah. Ill, license to ill. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Um, and then I'd seen like Brian Adams and Survivor when I was like young. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. You know, but yeah, I I say that Rush is Rush was the first sh- I went with my friends. Yeah, my mom didn't take me. Yeah, me and my friends we piled into an a, a, another friend who was like a year older than his car. We all drove to right. Worcester. Yeah, yeah. It was like a I even you know Rush ninety two like. That was like in my yearbook thing, you know, Rush yeah. 92. Like that yeah, yeah. was a, one of the defining moments of my high school yeah. was my mom letting me go see Rush yeah. in Worcester yeah, yeah. by myself yeah. when I'm 15 years old. You know, I don't even think I was 16 yet. I think it yeah. was like 92. I could have, I don't know the date, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Cause I'm like a September baby, so like dates are like yeah. all weird. Cause mm-hmm. it, I could have been 15 if it was in like August, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I could have been 16 if it was in November. I think it, right. I may have been 16, but like, yeah. um, but yeah, 90. It was in 90 Rush 92. So, yeah. um, yes. Roll the Bones tour. That was the most recent album. Is that was Primus. No. no, um, that was like Eric Johnson oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That's when they still had openers. I saw them like three times with openers. Yeah, One was yeah. Candlebox. Yeah, I saw them with... Like, the first time I saw them was... Uh, actually, I meant to... Fuck. I meant to post that on Facebook the other day. Today was the anniversary of my... The first uh, time first, you saw Rush? Yeah, because it was December 4th or something like that, 82. But it was uh, Rory Gallagher. That, like, <gasps> oh, that's show. fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, and that's I awesome. I, I think I saw them with Mr. Big maybe on like the... Presto or hold your uh, I missed of Presto. Presto would. I had a couple of friends that their first Rush show yeah. was Presto. Yeah. But I'd gotten into Rush. Roll the Bones would would come out. Yeah. Within the within the six month like yeah. Yeah. within that like Roll the Bones like Dreamline and Bravado were like. Early songs I tried learning to play yeah, yeah. from the most recent Rush album, and then yeah. you know not realizing that Roll the Bones is actually kind of a terrible record. I like it yeah, yeah. because I love every Rush album, right? But yeah, when you're yeah. ranking Rush albums, Roll yeah, the Bones not is not—it's yeah. not high. Yeah. Um, but going anyway, we going back to the band. So you yeah. you played in a band with Ken? I Susie. did. Yeah. So the first time I ever played a live show was in. Probably like 1992. Yeah. Um, we played at the Escape Club. Nice. At Salisbury Beach. Yeah. Um, which was like a pay-to-play type. Which was uh, a pay-to-play. We had to sell tickets. Yeah. And every band that night, it was their first show yeah. there. <laughs> right. I had one of the bands, this band Spoo, yeah. who would go on to do great things yeah. in the 90s. It's, and then their their main guy Dan DeAngelis, who would go on to do some really cool stuff and yeah. like harsh noise and like oh yeah you know but we became friends that night but yeah, yeah that was the first show it was yep me on drums Ken Susie on guitar Anthony Zimmerman on guitar and then one of Anthony's uh, we were ahead of the curve we had a girl bass player oh, nice. in yeah. like 1992 her name was Alana yeah and uh, I would run into her. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're having inside jokes here on this thing that you can't see. But um, she, I would actually run into her years later 
in bl- when she would see Black Barbie play with letters to Cleo oh, at really? State oh, College. Funny. So that was kind of nice, kind of weird. Yeah, she would show up at the merch table and she's like, "Hey, do you remember me? My name is Alan. I used to play band." And I'm like, and she just saw me play in front of two thousand people. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, um, but anyway, um, so yeah, we played. I think that band, that band played like. We played two shows. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. I only have recollection of two. Yeah. Maybe three. And what, what were you guys called? Obliteration? Yeah. Or something? Yeah, yeah. It was like, we changed a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, yeah. We were like, we we did a cover of Seasons in the Abyss. <laughs> Live. Yeah, nice. Like, which I actually look back on, I'm like, that's actually kind of yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm covering a song off Seasons in the Abyss in like 1992. That record's only two years old. Yeah. You know, I'm not pulling it off very well because right, right. I've only been playing drums for like a year and a half. Yeah, you're not Dave Lombardo. I'm not Dave Lombardo, you know, <laughs> um, who was, you know, Seasons in the Abyss is like, I mean, I'm probably in the minority. It is one of my favorite albums of all time. I love that. I love Rain and Blood, yeah, yeah. but that's on another level. Like, yeah. that's Season on its Abyss own. Seasons in the Abyss for me is the best Slayer. So it's Salt of Heaven, whatever. For me, it's Seasons. Like, yeah. I think I think every yeah, moment a, of that album is perfect. It's a respectable movie. It's also them like trying to, Metallica set, Metallica set the bar yeah. really fucking high yeah, yeah. on Injustice for All yeah. and even on the Black Album. And I think like, I think like Slayer, we're like we we can be fat we can be the fastest band in the planet, but we need to write fucking songs. Yeah, yeah, we can write good metal. I mean, Megadeth, Dave Mustaine, I think he knew he could never write outright Metallica. Yeah, so he just did Shredder. He just yeah, got yeah. Marty Friedman, who was playing with Paul Gilbert, right, doing Shredder rock. Yeah, and was like, you know what? I can't outright Metallica. But I can play. Yeah. I'll, I'll play those people. Oh, yeah. So that's what I think Metallica yeah, is. But yeah. I think Slayer were kind of caught in the middle there. And yeah, yeah. I think Anthrax by that time was silly. Like I yeah, just, they like, yeah. They just got too goofy for me. You know, after Among the Living, I just don't give two shits about yeah, yeah. about Anthrax. Yeah. Until the John Bush years, which I actually love. Yeah, I love the Because they just start writing songs. And they're like, yeah, all right, yeah. we're just going to be a metal band and like yeah, write yeah. songs. Right. But um, yeah, so I think we played like two shows. Yeah. And they were they were good yeah, like yeah. they were awesome it was fun yeah. and uh just playing metal I'm in high yeah. school I mean, and this is when i mean you go to go to any high school now 57 kids in that high school have bands they're probably oh, signed 57 yeah, yeah. kids have like, late they're, they've signed yeah yeah it's just a different culture now yeah, yeah. you know we didn't have the internet yeah these kids can just go on youtube and be like i want to learn how to do gravity blast beats like right, right. now yeah yeah like i had to how do i do a blast beat right you to just kind of figure it out. Listen to like a, a listen to a Morbid Angel record and being like, try to differentiate what is a what's a what's a hi hat and what's a snare drum and a right. kick drum. You know what I mean? You don't know. Yeah, yeah. You're trying the best you can. Yeah, you need yeah. to listen. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, but yeah. So um, we did two um, we did like two shows and then we broke up yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. and then I think uh, Kenny and I started a death metal band. Yeah. Which lasted like four practices. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that was, then I, uh, then I, then I, and then by that time I had heard Biohazard. 
I'm yeah. sorry. No. Oh, no. come on. No, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. No, come I know. On, we always talk about dude. it. Dude, urban discipline. No, I, know. I love fucking the fucking rips. No, I know. Dude. We always, no, I know. We always talk about it. I think the first two and a half Biohazard albums are great. <clears throat> half of State of the World Address yeah, yeah. is awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I okay. Um. So I didn't play for a while. Yeah. For a while, I mean, I didn't play in a band for a while. I, yeah. At that time, I was still completely obsessed with drums. So yeah, yeah. I'm playing something. Right. Whether I'm just sitting in my mom's basement right. or yeah. at a friend's house, I'm playing. I'm not taking lessons anymore. Right. Um, because I would be graduating, I I would stop taking lessons at yeah, some yeah. point. Um, because I I felt even though I don't, in hindsight, I I, I was probably wrong, but I felt I had gotten everything out of lessons that I could get, which I yeah, yeah. completely disagree with now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think lessons serve purposes. Yeah, they definitely. they get you out of your own head. Yeah, yeah. And you you start thinking about stuff that other people think is important. Right, right. Which forces you to say, oh, yeah, okay, maybe that's important. Right. And then years later, you would re- Neil Pert would go back and take lessons, and that yeah, was like yeah, a yeah. mind fuck for all of I us. Know, right? We were just like, whoa, Neil's <laughs> playing traditional grip on yeah, yeah. Test for Echo, <laughs> like the whole Test for Echo record, right, the right. whole tour, the whole Test for Echo tour. Yeah. He played the whole set yeah. like traditional grip. The guy in, uh, oh, I went to see the proletariat a few weeks ago, that guy was playing traditional. Mm. Oh, you know, I think I may have seen that in a video yeah. you posted. Yeah, yeah, I when like, I, oh. I posted a video and I was like, I'm going to zoom in on that. But so, anyway. You know, that that's that's for another day. Yeah. But um, then I would meet, then I would meet Jay Moa. Yeah. Who was like into hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what hardcore fucking was. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. I would meet Jay Moa and Keith Shiraz. Yeah, yeah. And uh Biohazard we, Keith. Biohazard Keith. Uh would go to hardcore. So I started going to hardcore shows. Hi Keith. Keith Saras. I saw a, Keith the other day. He's a listener. Oh, hi Keith. Love you, buddy. Um, so I would meet I would meet that that crew. Yeah. They liked hardcore. Yeah. I would go to a couple of hardcore shows. Uh Spoo were a hardcore band. I would see like them. I would see like uh Bricklayer. Yeah. I would see like um Dread. Yeah. Um uh Greg. Glenn Dread. and Greg, yeah. yeah, and Glenn Rice, yeah, and uh, Redhead Ted, yeah, and um, all those guys, yeah. um, and I would through that, um, meet Jay Moa, yeah, and Jay was putting Jay had a band called Rise, yeah, and another kid I went to school with I knew from Danvers, Kevin mm-hmm. Noons. He played drums. Yeah. But for some reason he I don't know how it happened, but he didn't play he didn't he end up not playing drums for Rise. Yeah. And I get a call from Jay. Yeah. Um asking me if I want to play drums in Rise. Right. And I was like, Yeah. So I had my drums set up at my mom's house yeah, yeah. in the spare bedroom and they would come over and <laughs> you know, him and Frank and Keith wasn't in Rise at them. He would join Right before we would do the demo, yeah, Keith yeah. would Keith would join. That's when I would meet Keith. Yeah. Officially. Um and we would go with Bobcat Studios and record oh, a demo tape. Yeah. Um and that was Rise. And um I played uh I don't know. Played a handful of shows. Yeah. Not too many. Yeah. Handful of shows with Rise, all awesome shows. They were great. One was at Chapter Two or yeah. the Escape Club. That was great. It was yeah. like 
um, you know, play some other place, play like Sneakers and, right. and Lynn, and Douglas Mascot, yeah. put that show on. And yeah. it was like with all the Lynn hardcore bands, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, then that, and I now I'm in college. So I'm a freshman in college. Yeah. And I remember Joe Kelly yeah. was, man, he was hounding me daily. Yeah. To play drums for Black Barbie. Yeah, he didn't like Alex. He wanted to get rid of Alex. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm in a band. I'm in a band. I'm in this band Rise, and we're playing shows, and it's good. You know what I mean? Months, actually, months. And um, he uh, and then I remember like going home, getting a call on the phone from you know, before cell phones to call my house. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jay saying, oh. We we don't want you to play drums in Rise anymore. We want Shabo to play. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you know Shabo died yeah, recently, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. Like I like Shabo. He's, I had I was friends with him. I had no problem with him. Yeah. And I didn't. And I was like, all right. And then come to find out, they did a. I I had heard a recording they did with Shabo, and I was like, wow, Shabo's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. He's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then, but literally, he's like. And I hang up, hang up the phone, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not in the band anymore." <laughs> Next day, hey Joe, you looking for a drummer still? Yeah, yeah. Then, then now you know, yeah, the rest. Like yeah, now yeah. you, you kind of. Yeah, that's so, where you come in because I joined. Yeah, we, yeah, because I Barbie. had, I had joined Black Barbie, and they Alex. I think I don't even think I played a show. Maybe we did. We we you played play, a show with Alex. Did I? My first show. My first performance ever with Black Barbie was when we did the WMWM. We did a recording. Okay. In the in studio. Okay. My first actual show was Bleachers. Okay. So you didn't play that rat show with us, did you? No. All right. So that was Alex. Sorry. That so was I Alex. Played, all right. So I think I just played one show with uh, him. And then we played. I probably played four or five shows with you guys. I don't think I played that many. And then we you played a... the Bleachers show? Yeah. You played the. Battle of the Bands performances. Yeah. Because we did all those runs yeah. and we ended up playing the winning. Yeah. And then playing with like Redfall and Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on at that place in EJ's, Salem. EJ's, yeah, which is now the Gulu or whatever. Well, no, now it's um, now it's like Bistro 118 or whatever. Yeah, It's right yeah. there on the corner. It's yeah, a okay. Chinese food restaurant. But anyway, yeah, right. um, yeah. And then we had a situation. Then the situation court. happened and then you didn't show up to that show at the Causeway. I remember that. Yeah. I think like... Someone tried to get a hold of you on like a payphone, and you said, "Oh, I'm not coming down," <laughs> and uh, because of the situation that this, happened yeah. in practice. But yeah, um, so yeah, and then that starts Black Barbie, which would be like an extreme, like kind of learning experience yeah. for me. Yeah, I was young. I was yeah. 18 when I yeah, joined. Yeah. I was I was just a I was a baby. You guys went to New York. Went to New York. Went. Um, I mean, we didn't do any touring, which I yeah. think is one of the I mean, I think that there are a myriad of reasons why Black Barbie um, never got any bigger than we did. Yeah. One of the fact is I just didn't think we were that good. Yeah, yeah. I listen to those songs now, and I'm like, these songs are terrible. Like, <laughs> I think Joe had like, Joe had one album's worth of passable material in him. Yeah. And he just never got better. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk ill of the dead, mm-hmm. but I just think it's reality. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. He the stuff he did after Black Barbie wasn't even anywhere as good as what Black Barbie did. Like yeah, he yeah. he never he never wanted to progress as a guitar player. Yeah. I think the 
I think Black Barbie just came at a time where he was like, I think Black Barbie happened where he knew nothing but learned a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that interim period where he started Black Barbie when he knew absolutely jack shit, learned just a little bit enough to write. Yeah, yeah. Semi interested, but we would have never. We weren't. We weren't even anywhere near as good as any of the bands that they compared us to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like seeing Nirvana, <laughs> you know, in the early. No, it wasn't. Right. Um. But Black Barbie was good for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it taught me how to be in a band. Yeah, yeah. And I got chops because oh, we definitely. played a lot yeah everywhere we never toured but it was like we didn't have to tour because we just played every yeah. weekend yeah yeah and i was t- i talked about that in the interview with gretchen just yeah how, like her practice and regiment w- was really good and joe was, was that was the thing that. like one of the things is like for for all of black barbie's kind of like musical faults mm-hmm. With me, I'd only been playing drums for three years. Yeah. Joe had only been playing guitar for a year, two yeah. years. Gretchen had not really been playing anything serious. Right, right. We were all green as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um but we were we would we practiced like twice a week. Yeah. Like and we played like shows. We played we would play Every week, yeah, a show every week. Sometimes yeah, yeah. we play three shows a week, right? Depending, we yeah. would go anywhere, yeah, yeah. We would take and we play any show, yeah. It didn't matter. I had no friends, yeah. Like I had no friends at that at that time, yeah. Like for like a year and a half after you left, yeah. For about a year and a half, I had no friends, yeah. I only hung out with Joe and Gretchen, yeah, because it everything I did was either school. My shitty job right. or playing a show or practicing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And um but you know what? For for what it's worth, I don't think taking every show is a I don't think taking every single show is a is a smart approach. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. But at that time it worked for us yeah, because yeah. we built a pretty good following. There's certain situations I think it's it's a plus. I think at that at that time it was a good thing because we didn't have the internet. Yeah, there was no internet. Thing, so yeah, you just wanted to get your shit out there as much as possible. Yeah, and, and we would play any show. We play hardcore shows. Yeah. We'd play metal shows. Yeah. We'd play indie rock shows. Yeah, we played in New York with Eve's Plum, who were like, <laughs> I remember that. Thing. You know, some indie rock, big indie rock band. We play. You know, becoming friends with the queers and playing shows with the queers definitely yeah. helped. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, also doing the Rocket Records thing yeah, yeah. with the queers, oh, yeah. and you came up and that. Oh yeah, that's when you came up and sang the Nirvana song we covered. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, I forgot yeah. About that. I think that I I swear there's a. Is Did it, I hold? I was like holding a microphone, singing a fucking. You were. Nirvana yeah, you song? weren't even playing guitar. Oh, you were Jesus. just like. Um, I hope there's not a video of that. I thought that there was. Oh, Jesus, I was I probably thought... wearing a fucking stussy hat. Stussy. <laughs> I probably had a go a nice goatee. Oh, you most yeah, yeah. You may have been you could have been wearing a dinosaur junior shirt though. <laughs> I was probably smoking a, a or a Beastie light. Boy shirt. Yeah. You know, it's like a picture that like Steve Hill <laughs> took of Black Barbie. Um, We're all wearing. Beastie I'm wearing Boy a Beastie shirt. Boy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Wear a Beastie Boy shirt. This I did. 
Yeah, I was wearing a hat and a fucking shirt on stage. I think I, d- I did. I had I had a Beastie. I mean, yeah. I'm not shitting on the Beastie Boys, yeah. Rip Rip uh, MCA, but um, I I I I never believed I had one until That's I right. saw. I, I, I owned a fucking Luscious Jackson T-shirt so, <laughs> and a House of Pain hat. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, that, so that was the '90s. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, Rocket Records. You, you and I, yeah, would hang out there. Well, no, well. So what happened? Oh, you know. Okay. So yeah. So Black Barbie, like, you know, imploded. Yeah. So to speak, it was yeah. like we were pl- and we were like doing. We had shows, and it just like imploded. Yeah. Um. Into like a messy, messy show in Salem, our last show. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then I start Girl Friday. Yeah. With Gretchen and Dan Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Who we went, we met when Black Barbie played the Mamakin. Yeah. The second time we played the Mamakin in the massive room. Yeah. Um, with Wayne Jane County. Right. And Dan's band, the Peacocks. Yeah. And I'd become friends with Dan. Yeah. And um, we would start Girl Friday, which Girl Friday played like four shows. Yeah. Over the over like two years. Right. Because of Dan going to school and like right. just Gretchen leaving and not being happy with that whole. She wasn't happy in that band. Yeah. Yeah. And um. And then yeah, and then I then I would start coming in the Rocket Records. So yeah. we're we're talking like what. 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah, or 98. Yeah. And uh, coming into Rocket Records on Saturday mornings and talking to you and hanging out and talking about music. And that's, and I think we actually like, I think we actually like, it took us a while. Yeah. Like we would talk about it like, oh, you want to get together and jam? Yeah, yeah. And I know that you were jamming with Lugnut. Yeah, yeah. um, You know, but we would like just, you know, chit chat about like, you know, and also, oh, you know why too? One less started yeah, in '97, yeah. and yeah. we were sharing the practice space. Yeah, we were sharing a space. And you wrote, "You, I, I owed you money on my oh. snare, on that snare." <laughs> oh yeah, that was for some fucking <laughs> passive aggressive thing. Yeah, you owed me rent money. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I took a sharpie and literally wrote it on your fucking snare drum that you owed me eighteen fucking dollars or whatever. I don't know, how <laughs> but I remember coming in with like, and we were all like, you know, we thought we were like tough guys, like. Yeah. Playing like one last playing like a hardcore band like right. oh we're tough guys yeah yeah you know and uh in like 1997 when like you know and then I would go see like piecemeal and I'm like oh we're we suck so bad yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you see actual hardcore bands and be like oh <laughs> yeah we're terrible yeah, but yeah. then um and then we would like laugh we saw yeah, yeah. <laughs> like then you had like a re- <laughs> in the wall there was like a repeater. Fugazi repeater, and you had like a bubble coming out of like Joe Lally's mouth about like you owe me <laughs> or something. Well, I must have really been short on money that time or something. I think I may have like destroyed your honky ball cassette or something. Yeah, like, yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like you know, and I would come in and then I would see you yeah, at, yeah. at Rocket on Saturday mornings, and uh, but it took us a while, I think. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You were just kind of like. You're like, oh, you know, are you playing? And I wasn't playing it that day. I think Girl Friday imploded. I mean, I was doing the one last thing, which was yeah. like nothing. Right. And um, and our original idea, I remember at the time, was like we were kind of getting to what 
at the time, I think, was almost like early emo, like the promise ring. and, and Oh, we were heavily, at least... Super chunk. I was. Kind of I mean, in the late 90s, for me, it would... I would have... In the late 90s, other than hip-hop. Yeah. But in the late 90s, it would have definitely been all about like hot water music. Yeah. Um, I was heavily in that mineral and parade yeah. and Texas is the reason. Like that first... I don't want to know if it's first or second wave. I don't yeah, even yeah. know. I yeah, think whatever. first wave's like what? Right to Spring, Embrace maybe. I don't yeah, yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Second wave emo. Like what I call emo. The yeah. Revelation Records. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sense Feel. Elliot like, stuff. Hmm? That Elliot record. Yeah, the El- Oh, yeah, yeah. U.S. songs and yeah. that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. And I think, and then also I think, you, I remember having conversations with you about um, kind of like, I never, I know that, like, I'm I'm in the minority, at least in Massachusetts and amongst my friends. Like, I don't give a shit about the Pixies. Yeah, yeah. But I think I've said this to you. Like, one thing I loved about the Pixies, though, is that they never said, oh, well, this this is not a Pixies song. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, they would write songs like, Here Comes Your Man. Right. Mixed in with songs like, or like, You Mass. Yeah. Um, those like Spanish songs. Yeah, but then they would play songs like "Tame" yeah, and yeah. "Planet of Sound." It's just like blistering. Yeah, yeah. You know they and I liked that yeah. about them. Yeah, I didn't care about their records. I mean, I like them now. Like it would right. take me years. Yeah, yeah. And I would hear "Do Little" and be like, right. "Oh yeah, it's a fucking incredible record." Right. You know what I mean? Um, or like "Surfer Rosa" and just yeah, be yeah. like, "Holy shit, this is like you know." Yeah. It would take years of like growing up yeah yeah you know because i'm not a punk kid i'm not you know i didn't grow up on that stuff yeah um but that always resonated with me or even bands like the cure yeah yeah who you and i have a mutual yeah yeah obsession with yeah you know, think about like the, the Cure. They have songs like "Friday I'm in Love." Yeah, and, and then like the kiss of the. I listened to that right. the other day, and I was like, "What a weird." Yeah, or like even like you know a forest, or like yeah. you know any like Robert Smith wasn't afraid to to get really aggressive. Yeah, yeah. If you even or even in the same album, like look at the top. Like you have songs like Caterpillar. Right. You have songs like the top. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. would run like. He wasn't a fr- and I like that. Like, and one yeah. thing I think, bef- one of the issues I had playing in bands before that was that always seemed to be a thing. Yeah, we can't like, do, we can't go out of this. Can't go out of this thing, right? You know, and I think, and then, I think for, and then, so that was my thing with with going into like Presley. Yeah. Your thing, I think, too. You would tell me is that. You hated going to shows, mm-hmm. and because the band would just play the record, and you were still like, have you were like into the, the still the fish, fish and the and dead. Yeah, you were like probably culminating to the height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of right at the height. The of height of that stuff, of yeah. fish, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The height, because one of my earliest memories of hanging out with you is when I went to your house in Swampscott, and you showed me your three hundred Grateful Dead <laughs> bootleg cassette tapes, and I like the dead too. Yeah, so, yeah. um. Because I'd got my friend Chris had got me into the dead, yeah, yeah, and um, but and I think we kind of like at, at that particular moment yeah. were like on the same page. Yeah, like yeah. We were a little like I think you may have been a little tired of the lug nut thing. Yeah, yeah. We were like, I want to. Yeah. 
do something different and I'm like yeah you know what I'm tired of like the punk rock or the hardcore like yeah. oh that's not punk enough or that's not hardcore enough yeah, yeah. or that's not heavy enough right. and I think like whatever songs we write yeah that's the song. they're the songs that yeah. we are gonna write right. and that's what we do yeah and that's it and those are always the the bands I've loved have done that where they're just like it doesn't you know right that's great that ACDC wanted to be a rock band and they played and they but they did what they, you know, they took Chuck Berry records and they invented this whole thing. And it all sounds relatively exactly the same. But bands like Rush were on the other whole other spectrum of that where they were just like, we're a rock band and we're not going to have any fucking... You know. well, one thing I love about Rush, too, is I think that Rush, I mean, obviously, I, they're on a different level than I've ever been on. They have fans, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also think that they they were a willing to say we we trust that our fans are going to get this. Yeah, yeah. But also saying, but we got to follow what we want to do yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. And if they don't, if some of our fans and some didn't after Caressa Steel, like some people yeah. were like, yeah, nope, Ooh, right. What is it? You know, Ooh, and that's kind of what I always wanted to do, and not that like. Presley had like I mean people no but we did it every record like and we never really had fans right right and I think that's one of the problems especially around here maybe is that I think people want a sound that they can latch on to right right consistently and we never gave that yeah yeah you know you can only count on one thing with us and that that we'll do whatever we want to do yeah yeah at any given time and like when you were talking earlier about um like when you saw those early Sabbath albums. Yeah. And, you know, me, you, and fucking Arnie together right. when we would practice or play sh- the goofiest fucking people in the world. But I think, joking around in the snap, but when it came to the actual band and songs and the snap, it was very serious. I think we, I, at least for me, I always wanted to kind of just have a very serious presentation of yeah well I, I, yeah one thing like you know it's like okay so i've always like used ween yeah for like an example yeah where ween ween are are funny yeah but ween i mean i think we wanted to be serious for and i think ween wants to be funny right but they're serious about what they do like yeah, yeah. i think that we're not serious we don't take ourselves seriously yeah but I like I'm a serious person, right? And I don't like to fuck around. I don't like to be sloppy, right? I don't like to be, you know. But I think also aesthetically, though, we moved towards that, like especially with like our CDs with the yeah, very they were very somber, looking. like or yeah. serious covers, like they was just yeah. empty and spatial, and you know, and yeah, and we didn't have a lot of humor on stage, which is like, what's that? That's a CD of our first show we ever played. Oh I found God. that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Can I can talk about the talk about the little person? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't talk about. Don't talk ill about the uh, Lannister mm-hmm. brother, the uh, Tyrion Lannister. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna spit my Dr Pepper everywhere. But oh, yeah, man. I always kind of yeah. want to have like a serious. Uh, but to the point where. Yeah, I think like I mean. Presley, oh God, like I think we had so much working for us and a, so much working against yeah, us yeah. in that band. Like I don't like part of me 
you know, if we were strictly instrumental, we may have even got swept up in that post rock thing. Yeah, yeah. Because we weren't very far from that. I think for anyone list like that listens, so uh, Bro and I had a band, and a big part of what we did was uh, improvisation live. Yeah. And that was at a uh, at one point when we rehearsed. That was pretty much all we did was just we wrote, we wrote a whole spin. record, yeah, kind of based on that. Like we would show up. So yeah, this band Presley, and we were together for like almost ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we never wanted. Well, one of the things we because you, you had been seeing a lot of dead and a lot a lot of fish at that point, right. and you were kind of used to this never seeing the same performance twice right. and yeah. i think that kind of like excited you yeah yeah but bringing that aesthetic to a little bit more of a indie rock yeah i don't know that it worked 100 percent for i mean for us as i, I mean i liked it yeah. but I don't, i'm not necessarily sure it actually worked yeah yeah i think it, we probably could have if we were a little bit more written with the instrumental stuff we would right. have gotten swept up in that yeah, post-rock yeah. thing yeah. that happened like two years after right. we broke up and everybody got yeah you know yeah swept up in that um but i don't think anybody like i don't think booking shows for presley was an absolute nightmare yeah yeah like yeah i talked on one of the, on the gretchen one about us playing with um elvis presley's birthday or whatever oh yeah oh yeah with the yeah with the rockabilly, rockabilly bands band. yeah but not even that but even like trying to squeeze us into like I mean, I guess the only place that ever really like welcomed us was that Stoner Rock or the budgeting, yeah, yeah, kind of Stoner Rock yeah, yeah. scene of Boston. Because yeah. then you'd have bands like the Easter Bloodhounds yeah. and you know Palace and Thunderland yeah. and bands that like you know Psycho and Ichabod at that yeah, point. Yeah. You know yeah. where they're like, sort of. We weren't fringes. really metal, right? But we were we were metal people, and I think we had that. And we had a little bit of a Pink Floyd, you know, but I thought we always just sounded like, I always thought we sounded like Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. Like, like meets, like, I don't know, like, because all your songs, like, you just, you just write Neil Young, like, yeah. you just, you basically bury Neil Young chord progressions over, yeah. like, tons of reverb. Like, yeah, but yeah. at its core, right. your songs are just simple like mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah. very simple like four chord like songs yeah. you know they a lot of it's very reminiscent of like you know that kind of middle like that neo young crazy horde like zuma and yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that oh, which yeah, is yeah. kind of just simple ragged glory was one of it, that later 90s one was a right influence yeah and yeah. i think i don't think i think that i don't think people picked up on that like, yeah yeah yeah. This kind of the simplicity of you know, and I also think that those people had no tolerance for improvisation. <laughs> like So there, at there, all. there was shows I remember when we would say so we you know, we had probably we probably wrote over our 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 existence thirty, forty songs or whatever. Yeah. Knows, probably. Yeah. But when we wanted to improvise, you know, so every show we we really only could get to like three songs because we would chain them together. Sometimes we'd segue into you know one song into another one. But I, I remember there was one a song. Didn't we do a show when we didn't play a song at all? Yeah, we did a, two of those. I think where we just <laughs> so I I yeah I think if I was at a show like that, I depending on how high I was or I don't know, you know. I, then it's so know. funny because then your brother talks about seeing us when, at the Elks. Yeah. When we played at the Elks with oh, Today is the day, day. And he was like, 
Yeah. He, like that one particular performance, your brother was like, yeah. that was like one of my favorite performances <laughs> of all time. Like, and that's, I mean, I think we knew that kind of going into it though. We're like, you, when you do that kind of work, like when you do, you know, ask, talk to any jazz guys, talk right. to, yeah. you know, you're going to have, you know, sometimes you're on. And when we were yeah, on, yeah. we were on. Yeah, I think fun, when yeah. we were off, we were really off. Yeah. yeah. Know. You know? Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, but we did the thing, I mean, but I don't know, like I never, other than like when we talked about earlier, like when we were eating lunch. Yeah. About like after writing the mansion. Yeah. And kind of just like exhausting. It took 10 years though. Yeah. Even throughout the fact that like it took us five years to even get shows that anybody cared yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even play a, a, a first show until almost like a year and a half after we started. We wrote like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then I think we kind of canned it and redid right. them. And yeah. And um, it took me 10. It I mean, it took or it took us 10 years to kind of get to a place where we t- couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Like I needed to do something different yeah. and um, which is like the longest band I've ever been in. And, yeah. uh, and I, I still say this to this day, Presley was the only band I've ever been in that I was playing what, what I wanted to play when I was playing. Yeah. 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 You know, cause now I'm in Z28 and I love Z28. Yeah. I don't give a shit about fucking rock music. Yeah. Yeah. You like Boston, don't you? I love Boston. No, but I don't give a shit yeah, about no, rock music. Yeah, yeah. In no, general, yeah. like, yeah, you don't really. You're not a rock guy. Just... I'm not a rock guy. I love ACDC. I love Motorhead, but yeah. playing rock music. Yeah, I like playing with E28, but I'm a drummer, so I'll go wherever the, the right. who needs a drummer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll do what I do, and that's it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... Pre- but Presley was like because it was your. I mean, Presley was you and I. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I never at any. There was never like I could do anything I wanted in Presley, yeah. like drum wise. Yeah, yeah. Like you were never like, don't do that. Like we, yeah, yeah. And that's you know. what. And I think. And I think after Presley, seeing you in different bands and Arnie in different bands, just seeing like, you know, when I met these kids when they started playing to where they're at now musically. <laughs> right. I like to think that our just all of that improv and just practice like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you Definitely talked about this with to... Gretchen, and yeah. even Presley was the same way. I think about this now. We practice twice a week. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't pay me to practice twice a week yeah. now. <laughs> no. I don't even want to practice one. Ar- yeah. Arnie's the same way. Like, yeah, Arnie's yeah. like, I don't ever want to practice. Like, yeah. You know? Um, then, though, I think part of that, too, was also like, a, it was almost like twice a week to hang. Because I remember yeah, sort we of towards out, the yeah. end of that band, we were probably hanging out and just shooting the shit more than we were more than music. we were playing yeah um but yeah we would uh but we practice a lot and you talked about that with Gretchen was kind of like and i've always had that like i think a lot of people that there there is a work component yeah to playing in bands yeah yeah you have to um it's, that you i never want to be sloppy i don't want to be sloppy yeah, i don't want to see a band that's sloppy and I, no no um it's the worst yeah like I mean, and I even go, I, I watch, I listen to a lot of jazz, you listen to a lot of jazz, like, yeah. I listen to a lot of jazz, and, um, and even, even, uh, in, you, even if you're doing improv, it, it doesn't have to be sloppy, like, yeah, yeah. there's, yeah. A, you know, I've seen tons of jazz, you've seen tons of jazz, you've yeah. seen tons of improv shows where it's tighter than anything that's ever, you ever yeah, seen yeah. that's written, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. um, I, I don't know, 
why that there's like this mindset in rock music where it's okay to be to be sloppy. Right, right, yeah. You know, people, think that people look at that as sort of a badge of like coolness. There's a nice thing to have maybe sort of a looseness to a band, but well, looseness and sloppy. Like, yeah. they're, I yeah, mean, they're... I think these people don't know what words. Yeah, actually I think they. Yeah, I think they get them confused. You know, because I see a lot of now. You know what I mean? I because I, I play a lot of rock shows now. More yeah. I, the shows. I mean, ninety percent of the shows I play, I probably would never go to. Yeah, and if I wasn't playing them, right? Even though I've made some good friends. You yeah, know, yeah. I like so I like a lot of you know. Yeah, and um. But I'm just not into like I just don't care about rock music yeah. in a, in a way that like people do. Yeah, you know I I love ACDC, but right, you know I I don't care about your band that that sounds like ACDC. Yeah, I know there's a you lot know? of them. Uh, um, so yeah, we're getting yeah. Why are we looking? We're we're over an hour. Oh so, shit! Yeah. But, so yeah. So you're in a band. I'm in a band uh, called Z28, which yep. features Jeff from. Mourn and grief and disrupt yeah. um, on guitar. Yeah. Jay, who used to be in Hoof, yeah. when Presley was playing yeah, yeah. on bass, yeah. and uh, we do kind of seventies and eighties kind of rock heart. What does Jeff call it? Like heavy metal rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. his influences, which are the bulk of the sound we have, is um, Deep Purple. Right. Oh, did it turn off? Nope. Yeah, we're still going. Sorry. All good. Deep Purple. Yeah. Um, Grand Funk Railroad, but Priest. Yeah. Maiden, ACDC. Yeah. You know, those are like, and some St. Vitus in there because nice. Jeff loves Vitus. And yeah. I don't think he, and since he was the primary songwriter of Grief, I don't think he can ever, he won't ever escape yeah, that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will always be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... um. But yeah, it's fun. We, you know, I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, having Jeff in the band doesn't doesn't hurt. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, he knows people. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we're just, and you know, we're not, you know, we're just plugging away, and yeah, every yeah. show gets better. You know, I think one, two people trickle in every time. You know what I mean? And you guys have any coming up? Yeah, we have a show on September thirtieth at Kodo, December Salem, December thirtieth. Yeah, sorry, right. December thirtieth, Saturday, in, in um, at Kodo in Salem. That's the only show we have this year left yeah. nice. and um we have a full length that's in mixing right now nice and which should be out sometime next year and um and we're on and you know you can presley stuff you can go on Bandcamp. yeah is it presley presley the band yeah yeah presley uh, i think it's just presley actually I think yeah you go to Bandcamp, search presley and you yeah. can listen to Get christian and i's output um, Z28 is on Bandcamp. We're on iTunes. We're on Amazon. We're on Google Play. We're yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could Z28. I don't think there's a dash on those things. So, so it's just Z28. Yeah. But if you put it, you'll see it. There'll be a picture of a car or yeah. something, and that that's the band. And nice. um, we have an EP and a single, so four songs right now. Cool. And, uh, so yeah, that's nice. that's it. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me in the lake house. I like this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the third one I've done in the lake house. Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping more. The lake people house. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I like these podcasts. These. You do good, dude. You 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 got a good thing. Thanks, man. I've listened to every one, awesome. and uh, they're 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 all 
within very within very small degrees of each other, they're all really good. Thanks, man. So. You're actually on every single one too, because that, that's well, the your, Gretchen, the well, Gretchen. One. Well, no, no, I just mean the mu- the music at the beginning is. That, oh yeah, that, yeah, oh yeah, the Presley's yeah. music. Yeah, it was funny. The Gretchen one. I was like, wow, I get I'm talked about more on the Gretchen <laughs> one than than Gretchen is. <laughs> I, know, right? I was like, thanks for saying something, man. But yeah, the, so the drum roll you hear at the beginning of this the podcast when I go. After, out of my intro is bro and then it's our yeah, song uh, vodka and orange juice which was uh it's an austin record right yeah yeah, yeah. we recorded with steve austin nice day day. presley stuff yeah. so yeah thank you christian thanks man